Chapter Ten, Part Three of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Ten, Part Three. With pedantic solemnity, Alexander began to propose to Liza several historical works and travels but she said she had been bored by those already at school then he selected for her walter scott cowper a few french and english authors and authoresses and two or three russian writers trying as he did so to show incidentally his literary taste and judgment there was no similar conversation between them after this one alexander still meant to make his escape what are women to me he said i cannot love i have done with them all right all right kostyakoff observed to this you will get married you will see i myself at one time only wanted to amuse myself with the girls and women but when the time had come i was driven on and shoved somehow into matrimony and alexander did not make his escape all his old dreams had begun to stir within him his heart began to beat faster liza's shape her ankle her curls hovered before his eyes and life began to grow a little brighter again for three days now kostyakoff had not called for him but he had himself fetched kostyakoff to go fishing again again as of old said alexander but i am firm and meanwhile he was hurriedly making his way to the stream every time liza was awaiting the arrival of her friends with impatience every evening she prepared a cup of fragrant tea with rum for kostyakoff and perhaps it was partly to this device that liza was indebted for their not missing a single evening if they were late liza went with her father to meet them if bad weather kept them at home next day there was no end to the reproaches heaped on them and on the weather alexander deliberated and deliberated and decided heaven only knows he did not know himself with what object to cut short his walks in time and he did not go to fish for a whole week kostyakoff too did not go at last they went while still a mile from the place where they used to fish they met liza with her old nurse she uttered a cry when she saw them then suddenly smiled and blushed adouev bowed stiffly kostyakoff began to chatter away here we are he said you didn't expect us he 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 i see you didn't expect us and no samovar it's ages miss ages since we've seen each other has the fish been biting i tried to come all the time but i could not persuade alexander fedoritch he kept sitting indoors no i should say lying indoors she looked reproachfully at adouev what does it mean she asked what you have not been for a whole week yes i believe i haven't been for a whole week why oh i didn't feel so inclined not feel inclined she said surprised yes what of it she did not speak but seemed to be thinking then is it possible you did not feel inclined to come here i wanted to send papa into town to you she said only i did not know where you live into town to me what for well that's a nice question she said in an offended tone what for to see whether anything had happened to you whether you were well but what is it to you what is it to me good heavens why good heavens why why you know i have some books of yours she grew confused not been for a week she added am i absolutely bound to be here every day absolutely why 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 she looked mournfully at him and repeated why why he looked at her 
what was it tears agitation and delight and reproaches she had grown pale and a little thinner her eyes were brilliant so that's what it is already thought alexander i had not expected it so soon then he laughed aloud why do you ask listen she continued the flush of some resolution in her eyes she had apparently braced herself to say something important but at that instant her father came up to him to-morrow she said to-morrow i must have some words with you to-day i cannot my heart is too full you will come to-morrow eh you are listening you will not forget us you will not forsake she ran away without waiting for a reply her father looked steadily at her then at alexander and shook his head alexander stared after her without speaking he felt something like compunction and was vexed with himself for having inadvertently brought her into this position the blood rushed not to his heart but to his head she loves me thought alexander as he went home good heavens what a bore how awkward it is now it's impossible to come here again and the fish bite splendidly at that place it's amazing yet inwardly it seemed he was not ill-content with this he grew lively and chatted away every instant with kostyakoff imagination ever busy sketched him as though with some design a full-length portrait of liza with her splendid shoulders her slim figure not omitting even her ankle a strange sensation was kindled in him again a shiver ran through him but did not touch his heart and died away again he analyzed this sensation from its source to its end animal instinct he muttered to himself that such an idea could enter my head ah bare shoulders bust ankle take advantage of her confidence her innocence deceive and even so deceive her what then the same weariness and stings of conscience besides very likely and for what no no i will not let myself go i will not bring her to that oh i am firm i feel in me so much purity of heart so much generosity i will not fall into the mire and i will not drag her into it liza expected him the whole day in a tremor of happiness afterwards her heart failed her she lost courage and not knowing why herself grew sad and almost ceased to desire alexander's coming when the hour fixed had come and no alexander her impatience changed to insufferable wretchedness with the last rays of the setting sun every hope left her she burst into tears the next day she revived again again she was light-hearted in the morning but towards evening her heart began to ache and grow heavy with dread and hope again they did not come the third and the fourth day it was the same still hope drew her to the banks scarcely did a boat appear in the distance or two human figures on the bank without her beginning to tremble and grow powerless under the burden of happy expectation but when she saw they were not in the boat that the figures were not theirs she let her head drop exhausted on her breast and despair settled down on her heart in a minute treacherous hope again whispered to her a soothing explanation of the delay and again her heart began to beat with expectation but alexander still did not come as though on purpose at last when half ill with despair in her heart she was sitting one day at her place under the tree suddenly she heard a rustling she turned round and trembled with a shock of delight before her with his arms folded stood alexander she stretched out her hands to him with tears of happiness and for a long time she could not regain her control of herself 
he took her hand and eagerly even with emotion looked her in the face you have grown thin he said gently you are suffering she shuddered how long you have stayed away she exclaimed and you expected me i she replied quickly oh if you knew she ended her reply by a warm pressure of his hand and i came to say good-bye to you he said and paused watching to see how it would affect her she gazed with dismay and incredulity at him it's not true she said yes it's true he replied listen she said suddenly looking timidly round on all sides don't go away for goodness sake don't go away i will tell you a secret papa sees us here from the window come to me in the garden to the summer-house it looks out on to the meadow i will show you they went together alexander did not take his eyes off her shoulders and her slender figure and felt as though shaking with fever what consequence is it he thought as he followed her if i go of course i shall only look it's just like visiting their home the summer-house the father invited me of course i could go openly and directly but i am far from temptation by god and i will prove it indeed i came here on purpose to say i was going away though i am not going anywhere no satan you shall not lead me into temptation but at this point it seemed as though kriloff's imp appeared from the hermit's store and whispered to him but why did you come to say this there was no necessity for it if you had not come in a fortnight you would have been forgotten but alexander considered that he was doing nobly coming to perform a great act of self-sacrifice to strive with the tempter face to face the first trophy of his victory over himself was a kiss snatched from liza then he flung his arms round her waist said that he was not going away that he had invented that to test her to find out whether she cared for him finally to complete his victory he promised next day to be at the summer-house at the same time as he went home he thought over his conduct and felt hot and cold by turns he was overwhelmed with horror and could not believe it of himself finally he resolved not to go to-morrow and was there before the hour fixed it was in the month of august it was already dark alexander had promised to be there at nine but he arrived at eight alone without his fishing tackle he stole towards the summer-house like a thief sometimes looking round apprehensively sometimes running at full speed but someone had been before him and the latter also in haste ran breathless into the summer-house and sat down on a sofa in a dark corner it seemed they had watched alexander he softly opened the door in violent agitation and walked on tiptoe to the sofa and softly took the hand of liza's father alexander shuddered jumped up tried to run away but the old man kept hold of the lappet of his coat and forced him to sit down beside him on the sofa and what did you come after here my good friend he said i came after fish muttered alexander hardly able to move his lips his teeth were chattering the old man was in no way formidable but like every thief caught in the act alexander shook as if he were in a fever after fish repeated the old man derisively you know the meaning of the saying to catch fish in troubled waters i have been keeping watch on you for a long time and now i have found you out at last but i have known my liza from her cradle she is good and trusting but as for you you're a dangerous scoundrel alexander tried to get up but the old man kept him by the arm oh my friend don't get angry you made an affectation of unhappiness and hypocritically avoided liza drew her on made sure of her and were meaning to take advantage of it 
is that honourable conduct what am i to call you i swear on my honour i did not foresee the consequences said alexander in a voice of the deepest sincerity i did not mean the old man did not speak for a few minutes well it may be even so he said it may be that not in passion but simply in idleness you have led the poor girl astray without even realising yourself what would come of it if you succeeded so much the better if you didn't no matter there are many fellows like you in petersburg do you know how such gentlemen are treated alexander sat with downcast eyes he could not find courage to defend himself at first i thought better of you but i was mistaken greatly mistaken you know what an innocent fellow you affected to be thank god i discovered it in time listen there is no time to lose the silly girl will come to the tryst directly i watched you yesterday there is no need for her to see us together you go away and needless to say never come here again she will begin to think you have deceived her and it will be a lesson to her only take care we never see anything of you here find some other place to fish or else i'll pack you off without so much ceremony it's lucky for you that liza can still look me in the face i have been keeping watch on her all day else you would not have got off so easily good-bye alexander wanted to say something but the old man had opened the door and almost shoved him out alexander went out in a condition of mind which my reader may imagine if only he is not ashamed to put himself in his place for a minute my hero's eyes were even glistening with tears tears of shame of anger with himself and of despair what have i to live for he said aloud a loathsome sickening life but i-i no if i have not strength of will enough to resist temptation at any rate i have the courage to cut short this useless shameful existence with swift steps he made his way to the river it was black and thin fantastic misshapen shadows seemed to be hovering over its waters the bank where alexander stood was shallow one cannot even die here he said scornfully and went to the bridge which was some hundred paces away alexander leaned his elbows on the handrail on the middle of the bridge and continued to gaze into the water he mentally took leave of life gave a sigh to his mother and a blessing to his aunt and even forgave nadinka tears of self-pity flowed down his cheeks he covered his face with his hands there is no knowing what he would have done when suddenly the bridge began to shake a little under his feet he looked round merciful heavens he was on the verge of destruction the grave seemed yawning before him half the bridge had smashed off and was swimming away the planks were breaking up another moment and all would have been over he rallied all his forces and took a despairing leap to the safe side then he stopped drew a breath and pressed his hand to his heart well you have had a fright i guess sir a keeper asked him why my good man i all but fell in the middle of the river replied alexander in a shaking voice god save us accidents easily happen said the keeper yawning last year a young bargeman lost his life like that alexander went home his hand still pressed to his heart from time to time he looked round at the river and at the broken drawbridge and quickly turned round shuddering and quickened his pace meanwhile liza had put on her most fascinating attire and without taking any one either father or nurse with her she sat every evening till late at night under the tree the dark evenings came she still waited but no sight nor sound of her friends the autumn had come the yellow leaves fell off the trees and strewed the banks the green was fading 
the river began to assume a leaden hue the sky was always grey there was a cold wind with drizzling rain the river and its banks were deserted there was no sound of songs or laughter or ringing voices on the banks boats and canoes no longer glided to and fro not a single insect hummed in the grass not a bird chirped in the trees only the cawing of rooks depressed the spirit and the fish had ceased to bite but liza still waited it was absolutely necessary for her to speak to alexander to reveal her secret to him she still sat on the seat under the tree wrapped in her jacket she had grown thin her eyes were somewhat sunken her face was wrapped up in a handkerchief it was thus her father found her one day let us go you have sat here enough he said frowning and shivering with the cold look your fingers are blue you are frozen liza do you hear we will go where home we will go back to town to-day what for she asked bewildered what for autumn is coming on we are the only people left in the country oh dear she said it will be nice here even in the winter let us stop so that's your plan enough enough let us go wait a little she said in imploring tones fine days will come back even now listen replied her father tapping her on the cheek and pointing to the spot where her friends used to fish they won't come back they won't come back she repeated in mournful questioning tones then she dropped her father's hand and slowly with bent head walked home from time to time turning to look back adouev and kostyakov for a long time past had fished on the side furthest from that place end of chapter ten recording by expatriate in bangor maine